0: Greetings, and welcome to Beetle Stuffology, where two old friends sit about and talk BS. Beatles stuff on a track-by-track basis, pretty much for the sake of it. My name is J.G. Macquarie, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Deacon. Say hi, Andrew. Hello. So, last episode, we were talking about boys. This episode, we are asking why. So, yeah, we get, um, we get to ask me why, and that means we're halfway through the album, basically. Oh, no, not quite, but close enough. So i got to be honest straight off the bat, this is not my favourite song on the album. What do you think
1: about it? Right, okay, you're using that typical British uh, litotes, there, aren't you? Saying it's not my favourite song. I figure I'm just going to be like the guy in the old, um, what is it, the Maxwell Tapes advert, who sits in front of the TV and it just has um, noise blasted at him on this, because I know that you just want to let rip, so... Um, <laughs> Give it a go, because basically, um, and you know, interest of full disclosure here, listeners, I actually forgot that we were recording this episode. So I've done um, some very quick last-minute research, listened to the song again, and wrote down the words "fake Spanish waiter," because uh, when I hear this song, I feel <laughs> uh, the Spanish waiter bit's not particularly accurate, but I feel like you're in one of those those holiday resort restaurants, and someone's coming around with the the guitar and you're awkwardly sitting there listening to them play out some fairly standardy, dull kind of song. And this is exactly the kind of song that would be coming out. Standardy dull seems like not a bad description of this at all.
0: Um, I don't... It's... (laughs) It's probably my least favorite song. I think I think I said that before um, when we were talking about misery. Um, But I think this is actually my least favorite song in the album. Um, And um, I probably didn't occur to me then simply because I'd rather deleted it from my memory. Um, It's a weird one because it's quite. In its actual construction, it's it's a little bit. It's certainly way more sophisticated than than what we were talking about last episode when we were talking about boys. Um, it's it's far more. Um, that's just a three chord knockabout, but this has got some like proper structure to it. It's it's um there's lots of sharps and flats and augmented chords and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it feels to me like that's an awful lot of effort, very much in service of uh, nothing. Um, for all that the we have these kind of um, harmonies going on. We have the kind of the, the, the weird kind of middle structure of it. I don't know, I, I, I think, I mean, this is mostly a Lennon song and I do think he's put some real effort into trying to write this. This is me trying to be as balanced as it's conceivable for me to be. Um, but it just doesn't come off to me at all. I really, I don't know, there, there aren't many Beatles songs that I actively dislike. But this is definitely one of them.
1: In fairness, though, you can put real effort into something and it can still be absolute nonsense. So that don't don't forgive him. If you don't like it, don't do it. well. Bless him. He was trying hard. Um, <laughs> if he was trying hard and it was rubbish, it's still rubbish, however much effort he put in. I'm yeah. just trying to get you going again, quite frankly. <laughs> you're,
0: you're right. It's a shite. No, um, well, uh, that's probably too strong. But I don't know. I've, there's something... I think it's a very... Um, corny, I think it's a really kind of corny song um, and the way that it's kind of a it's pastiche, that's not quite the right word for it I don't suppose, rip off, that's probably close to, 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 to the kind of the miracles thing um, it, it just, I don't know, it, it feels really kind of clumsy and it's not it's not leaving by any kind of nods and winks or, or kind of any sense of self-awareness it's played really straight. Lennon's vocal is really straight. It's a weirdly winsome kind of vocal for Lennon. That's not normally kind of his, his, his bag, but it's just very, yeah, it's trying, it's reaching for sincerity and
1: misses. It, it feels like it would be the change of pace song in, in the set. You know, so, okay, well, we've had a couple of, uh, of rockers, if you like. Now something that's a little bit more ballady, um, you know, just to take it back down again before we ramp up the tension again.
0: Yeah, we've previously spoken
1: about um, Please Please Me as an album of songs
0: which are designed to appeal to different kind of audiences. We've we've mentioned that in in, uh, previous episodes. Um, And this song does kind of fall into that category. This is clearly being targeted at at, a very specific kind of audience, I would say, and not necessarily an audience uh, that's going to respond as much to say twist and shout or something like that this is a much more kind of uh genteel i suppose song um but it just i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't land for me at all it's that thing about when i say it's reaching for sincerity and misses it i think it does um but that it's insincerity comes across because it's trying so hard if that makes sense like that when, when Lennon's doing the call kind of it's not because I'm sad uh but you're the only love that I ever had like he's you can hear that he's reaching for it vocally he's he's trying to put something into it but it just I don't know if to me it falls
1: really kind of flat it's just not very engaging at all so do you get the feeling that they were they were going for some form of musical variety here I think that's the best defence
0: that one could mount of this
1: song, yes. Perhaps something that won't offend the parents.
0: Yeah. Because there is yeah. a kind of a
1: crooner uh, feel to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you mentioned like the change of pace, I think that's probably right, and it's probably something that you could sort of have a slow dance to, you know, in a, in a more traditional kind of style. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it would certainly fulfil that kind of function. Now, whether... It's fulfilling that function successfully or not is, is a, a separate matter, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it it just doesn't work for me, but it it does. I, I think you can definitely see what it is it's trying to achieve. Right.
1: Yeah. What's it trying to achieve? <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, I mean, it's,
0: it's 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 certainly a song on the album, but I think just what you were saying. I think it, yeah. yeah, it's the change of pace in the set. It's 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 uh, certainly stylistically um you know we've, we've we've worked through a number of different uh songs so far this is the sixth song on the album we've had a straightforward rock number with "I sr standing there we've had something which is a bit more sort of self-indulgent with misery uh we've had the, the fun and energy of boys or whatever um and this again has that change of pace where we're entering into something which i don't think stylistically we've really brushed up against yet um But I'm also kind of fine with not having brushed up again. I'm not a big fan of that kind of crooner style. I know, obviously, that was a big thing, kind of 62, 63. A lot of crooners that were still on the charts. It was still a very major strand of music. It's just not one that I like. So a less good version of that is never going to kind of hit my sweet spot.
1: Yeah, so is this another opportunity for us to roll out the the whole thing about the fact that... um that the album was still a very new thing at the time, and and that you know people were still working out what it actually was, and 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 it's fine that some of it is particularly weak, um, because there weren't really any examples of of, of strong albums kicking around outside of um, music uh, musical soundtracks. So you know, I, I'm, I'm not exactly going to. Offer them a, um, a white flag and, and sort of tons of forgiveness, because this this is a dull song. But you know what? There, there are going to be weak songs on, on all of these albums at the time. And if this is the weakest, or, or, well, there's a, a group that are quite weak on here, you probably stick those in comparison to some of the things that other people were doing at the time and say, well, this is still, you know, a little bit better. It's, it's quite remarkable when you, you just sort of think, even I wouldn't say at their absolute worst, because obviously we've not got to miss the moonlight yet. But even at their their almost absolute worst, they're still a lot better than an awful lot of their contemporaries.
0: Well, we'll get onto this as um, we go through um, sort of slightly later songs, like particularly when we get onto the next album um, and when. Mercy Beat starts to become a significant force within the charts, which is it's not in 1963. Um, yeah. My contention, you know, Sturgeon's Law, which is basically 90% of everything is crap and you have to find the, the 10%, which is yeah. good. Um, well, um, I think Mercy Beat as a movement fights very hard against that because I think 99.9% of it is crap and, and finding the good stuff is basically, well, the Beatles. Uh, I, I, I really dislike Mercy Beat as a, as a genre, I, I think it's very stale and stagnant. But as as a kind of movement or as a kind of stylistic thing, it's it's quite easy to define, it's quite easy to, to um, slot into what, you, know, you listen to something, it's very easy to identify in terms of its genre. Um, and stylistically, something like Ask Me Why, most of those bands that, that kind of end up doing uh, Mercy Beat songs would never really broach that kind of style, at least not as part of their own compositions. They might cover songs by artists who are who are in that style but they wouldn't necessarily write something the fact is that you know for all that I'm I'm down on this song it's a Lennon McCartney song it's not a Smokey Robinson cover it's not a Shirelles cover or whatever it happens to be you know it's their own work it's not very good but they've made the effort to try and write something and write something which is stylistically outside of you know the sort of fairly narrow genre boundaries um that were around at the time and uh, which are subsequent to Please Please Me, going to become much more restrictive as um, Mercy Beep kind of becomes a dominant influence or one of the dominant influences in the yeah. charts in the sort of early middle 60s.
1: And I, I think that's that's important as well, that they were doing things that other people weren't doing. They had been writing songs together for several years and um, you know developing an understanding of what worked and what didn't and writing a variety of 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 genres if you like or styles and form because who knew what was going to stick they might have really 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 wanted to write more of the you know the Elvis Presley the Carl Perkins the Little Richard type songs and develop their own voice like that but who knew at this stage what groups were going to do what people were going to buy there was always that thought wasn't there that that the guitar groups would die out after a year or two. So fine, find your voice, have a range of things to pull back on, and then you can go into lots and lots of different areas. So, um, you know, it's not great, but it's not... I mean, ugh is, um, is about the best I can do at that stage.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yes, I agree. Um, um, also, uh, you
0: know, as far as the album's concerned, it's in between "Boys" and and the title track, um, and those are two exceptionally strong mm, moments in yeah. the album. So it can't help but feel sort of weak by comparison if you're kind of going through the album as, as it stands. Um, and it's one of those things that I think, like I said, I used the word winsome before, which is not normally a Lennon characteristic, but it, it it's I don't think that there's anything else on Please Please Me as an album which falls into that category. I think you could make the claim for um, PS I Love You, but that's that's not in the album. I think that's probably the only song that we've certainly covered so far which you could use the W word to describe. Um and it's a strange it's a strange mode to find Lennon in. And I don't think he's Adept at it. I can imagine this might feel like a slightly stronger song if it was a McCartney lead vocal, because not just because he can often be winsome, um, but I think he's also I think he's also a better vocalist for that kind of material, if that makes sense. He's he's able to invest. Maybe that maybe the sincerity would come through a little bit stronger, so the the overall tone of the song would feel a little bit more genuine. It's kind of hard to take Lennon. In that kind of mode, because that's just not really what he does. Even when he is trying to have that or or to bring that approach across, it's it's that that slightly tweet. It's it's that woo 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 woo. That's the thing I really dislike. Like yeah, McCartney can kind of get away with that, but Lennon kind of can't. And um and it does kind of, I suppose, highlight the difference it can make as to who's actually singing the song. Because yeah, the, the, he just can't pull that off.
1: Yeah, see, I I think the reason why I'm I'm not really prepared to go into uh, um, too I'm not prepared to go too negative on this is because you know we are recording this in the week that the um, the latest trailer for um, Peter Jackson's um, Get Back documentary came out, and and it was while I was watching that that I realised that I haven't seen much footage of them just in what looks like a fairly relaxed atmosphere sitting around just playing and obviously with with groups these days you can sort of imagine that there's probably quite a few people who you would post that sort of thing on social media like rehearsal room uh, footage and it just made me genuinely thrilled to think that this is a group who i have known through photographs some books but principally through their records and finally getting to see something of them um just enjoying each other's company and i can then sort of imagine you know, track that back through this and think well the harmonies um are pretty good on this you can hear them working closely together you can see it's a step on the way that results in them doing some amazing things further down the line and there's there's you know there's harmonies in this at least there is an attempt at, at melody there's an attempt at being something interesting even if they miss you know there's there's a really good attempt at it and and so you know that warm buzz of the the get back trailer is is seeing me through on this Good. I'm glad it's helping you. Um, I wish
0: I could make a similar claim. I, I do kind of know what you mean about uh, just the pleasure of being able to watch them like hanging out or whatever. And um, have you seen Let It Be? No. No. It's incredibly boring. That's the weirdest thing about it is that um, it's really dull. And then there's the rooftop concert, and then it's over. Uh, and the rooftop concert is great, of course it is. That goes without saying. And I, I'm obviously I can't wait for for uh, for the Peter Jackson movie to come out. Um, or episodes I should say um, but the bits of them just hanging about in, in Twickenham looking annoyed at each other are just really dull and that's such a weird thing to say for the Beatles because they're intrinsically interesting you know it's interesting to see whatever it is they're, they're going to do um, and it, I think it's quite the uh, achievement to be able to take such an interesting collection of people and make watching footage of them boring that's weird.
1: Yeah, and yet you'd imagine that Peter Jackson had access to all of that material and has made completely different choices um, and come up with something that, you know, hopefully won't, you know, venerate them. It will, will show what is perceived to be an honest reflection of um, events at the time. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that... that you know that's the culmination of of the journey that started in what fifty six, fifty seven when Lennon and McCartney first met, Um and that you still get a sense that there's there's a strength in their relationship when they're together, just sitting down playing guitars, and you kind of hear that sense of fun and enjoyment on this song. So, you know, I I feel like I'm I'm kind of repeating. I mean, it's it it's dull. It's not great. It's you know, um, just a song that they barely played live, even. They only played it eight times, my my one little bit of last-minute internet research uh, indicates. Um, sorry, 11 times. There you go. So it's increased by three. Um, and and that spread out over a period of, of, of about 14, 15 months, that they only threw it in 11 times. And ironically, the last time they played it was for a, a TV recording. Um, this This weird... Uh, well, not weird, I mean, Pop Goes the Beatles, but they they seem to record three separate sessions throughout the day um, and divided it up. Presumably, they got a new audience in for each one. And Ask Me Why is the opening track of the final one of those. So the audience that that heard that got to hear Ask Me Why um, and also um, got to hear Um, I Saw Her Standing There and Twist and Shout. So it's like they, they gave them the doll one, and then they threw in a couple of the absolute classics as well. That's a weird set list. Well, they, they, they also did um, Devil in a Heart, and and there's a Carl Perkins cover. So there was five on that particular performance. Okay, that's that's
0: curious. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Wow, what an opening number this would be. Yeah. Um... Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you are right. You are right. You can hear that they've made an effort. I think that's I think that's true. I don't think it's successful, but you can hear that they've made an effort. Yeah. Um, but I just... I, 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 I wish there was... A, I don't know. It just feels like there's something that's not there. And I, I, I can't really... Put my finger as you may well be able to gather at this point i can't really put my finger exactly what that is like yeah the, the close harmonies that's that's clearly something we've talked about before we'll certainly be talking about it again and that's clearly something that they've got down at this point the harmonies are really good um you know it's it there's, there's some nice flourishes in it the 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 sort of the little dum 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 just before the, the vocal line, that's it has got a little bit of um, stylistic flourish
1: to it. Uh, you know, it's... Well, it's, I think it's worth, um, you know, in, in terms of the musicality on it, one thing from the, um, if you you heard the last podcast, you'll know that I'm playing through the Mark Lewishan book uh, at the moment. One of the, the things that he, he raises, is such a little throwaway remark on it as well, is that, um, and this sort of comes up in a section, and about... 57 maybe 58 um that as well as listening to the um you know the the Presley's and the Little Richards and um you know and um Lonnie Donegan's of the world they were also listening to some of those old uh tunes that from the 20s and the 30s and a lot of those tunes had a little introduction that then didn't appear anywhere else On the song, and actually that's true of a few of these songs on here, but it seems to be true of this one as well. You get that sort of little introduction that is sort of unique and on its own, like a "Here you go, here's a sort of a cabaret variety type song," and "In we go." You know, so you know, there's 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 interesting little bits there that that betray some of those um, some of those different influences that they had, and then they managed to churn out so many different things in their career. To have influences on on so many people, you know, it's not like yep. they're Coldplay for goodness sake.
0: <laughs> so for so a fact, for which we can all be grateful. Uh, I just, I yeah, I mean, again, I I I, I can't refute any of that. And and um, like I said, st- stylistically, this is quite a complex song. Yeah, you've got the introduction, um, you've got the middle eight, which is um, shifting around this. Um, if if you were feeling really generous, you also have that line. Uh, I can't conceive of any more misery. If you want to have like a little, if you want to think, oh well, that's a nice little throwback to a previous uh, song title. Um, so maybe gives a little bit of a sense of coherence across the album. Little little sort of nudgy reference. That might be that might be a bit of an overread, but you know you can you could certainly read that in. Um, I don't know. I I like I said. I'm I'm not. I'm not confident of my stance and being correct here. I, but I just I just can't find a way of responding to me to this song. that doesn't make me go, Oh God. Yeah.
1: I I mean yeah. I mean you knew from the start that I, I don't really have um, a huge amount on this and I'm just quite impressed <laughs> that that I, I've managed to sort of play a very, very straight bat and and knock it back at you a few times just so you can get going again on on on, on your opinion it's, it's just one of those things that it's hard to have a strong opinion um, about this song and, and I'm standing by that that's a that's a, a, it's a strong stance to take a strong
0: stance and not having Absolutely. a strong stance about something <laughs> excellent work <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I suppose we should probably mention that this was the b-side of um, please please me uh, in the states um, sure you can is, mention it okay I've done that now um, all right let's move on with the live's
1: Yeah I I think that's fine and it's okay to do that sometimes we will have songs on here that you'll just shrug your shoulders and go it's something that happened let's not waste people's time too much.
0: Yeah I know I don't feel I kind of also feel like we haven't really done it much justice but I don't know how much justice there is to do to it so I think I'm just talking myself in circles now. Well maybe we can put this
1: out as a b-side.
0: Well, that's probably an excellent idea. Um shall shall we wrap it up there then? Oh, shall, God, we, yes, shall we please. shall we shall we Shall we, shall we put ask, ask me why out of its misery? Fine, let's <laughs> let's, let's do that then. Okay, right, we're done. Um, you can contact us by email. We are beetlestaphology at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at beetles underscore ology. And you can find more of my writing at www.jgmacquarie.scott Please like, rate and review us on whatever podcast you're using so that people can find the show. Next episode, we get to the title track of the first album. So that means we're going to be covering The Mighty Please Please Me. But until then, keep listening.